school. I was good at academics. I enjoyed all that stuff. I enjoyed doing homework. I don't know why, but I just did. I also like sports, though. I was on the track team. I ran the half mile. I uh, played a lot of sandlot football. I don't know if they call it sandlot anymore, but that's, you know, back when I was a kid, we called it that. I never did tackle football. I was too, uh, you know, puny for that. We, we called it two below, you know, touch two. Anyway, you know how that goes. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed playing Little League Baseball. Uh, one year, I played second base all year long. It, it, to show you how bad our team was, I never sat out an inning. And that was pretty bad because I wasn't that great. Um, it, it, it was not uncommon for me when there was a hard-hit grounder right to the second baseman to let it kind of go right underneath my legs. Uh, you cannot imagine that. Well, maybe you can, but it was so embarrassing for me. And every time that happened, you can imagine, I just, so much negative self-talk. Mark, you idiot, what are you doing? You're embarrassing yourself, you know. And even at the young age of 11, I had some pretty deep theological talks with God. It went something like this. God, thank you for letting me be good at school. I like math and reading and all that stuff, but why couldn't you also make me good at sports? Well, how come I couldn't be a, you know, an all-star in that too? <sighs> and somehow he, it's kind of like Paul and his thorn in the flesh, you know. I asked him three times and he said, forget it, Mark, it's not going to happen, or something like that. Um, but you know, as I've matured at least a little, and uh, as I've read through the Bible a few more times, I've come to learn that God gives different gifts to his people. He gives different gifts to me than he gives to you, right? Um, in the Bible, we see that he enables some of his people to be the leader over his people. And a lot of others he enabled to be servants and serve those people in other ways. When... Uh, when the children of Israel needed to be freed from Egyptian slavery and led into the promised land, God chose one man, Moses, to lead them. Even before he was born, God planned for him to be the leader. And he equipped him to have the skills that he would need to do that job. And Moses did do a good job of leading the people. But you know, the burden of leadership was too heavy for him to handle every single thing that came along. In Exodus 18, we see Moses sitting as a judge all day long, listening to the people's complaints and, and disputes. I want to read for you out of the New Living Translation, starting in verse 14. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone? while everyone else stands around you from morning till evening. Moses replied, well, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and, and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out. And the people too, this Job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. And may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. 
teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions, show them how to conduct their lives, but select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes, appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They'll help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures and all these people will go home in peace. Moses was the one that God chose to lead the people. But there were many others capable of uh, doing service to the people in other ways. Later on, when God instructed Moses to build a tabernacle, did he ask Moses to do all the work himself? No, no, he didn't. In Exodus 31, he, he said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. And then in verse 6, God goes on to say, And I have personally appointed Oholiab to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skill to the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. I think the best example of delegation from the New Testament is found in Acts chapter 6. I'm sure you're all familiar with that passage where the new church in Jerusalem had a problem. The Grecian widows were not being taken care of in the the daily food distribution, and the apostles knew it. They heard grumbles from the Grecian members, and they said, okay, look, we want you to pick some people, pick some good men from among yourselves who are able to handle this problem, and let us focus on what we need to be doing, on praying, and uh, things like that. So um, that's what they did, and and it worked. And some, they don't call them deacons in, that, in Acts chapter 6, but a lot of people think that was probably the first example of deacons in the Bible. You know, we know instinctively that this idea of division of labor and delegation just makes sense. There was a man named Andrew Carnegie that you may have heard of. He's one of the greatest businessmen in the history of the world. He once said, no person will make a great business who wants to do it himself or get all the credit. And Paul talked about this several times in the New Testament. In Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 4, he said, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. When he wrote letters to Timothy and Titus, Paul gave specific instructions on this concept of delegation and how it should work in the church. First of all, he spelled out that each church needed to pick more than one elder or shepherd to to guide the flock. And at the beginning of 1 Timothy 3, he gave instructions on what kind of men should be selected for that role. And then God, through Paul's writing, instructed that the churches should appoint deacons in every church, to serve the church. The word deacon is a transliteration of the Greek word diakonos. 
It appears 30 times in the New Testament. And most of those times, 26 to be specific, it's translated as either servant or minister. Just four times it's translated as deacon when it refers to that special role in the church. In 1 Timothy 3, starting in verse 8, Paul lists the qualities that deacons should have. He said they should be well-respected. They need to have integrity. They need to not be a heavy drinker. They need to not be dishonest with money. They need to follow the true faith that God has made known to us. They need to always do what they know is right. They need to be tested. The deacon needs to be faithful to his wife. He needs to manage his children and his household well. Paul also said that deacons' wives have some responsibilities and some qualities that, that, that uh, the church needs to look for. He said deacons' wives also need to be well-respected and need to not be slanderers. They need to exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. And I love how Paul ended this passage in verse 13. He said, those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others and will have increased confidence in their faith in Christ Jesus. I really believe that our deacons here at Northside have earned great respect from those of you who see their hard work. And I've seen many of them gain a lot of, gain a lot of confidence as they have served in that role. Have you ever wished that God had given us just a few more instructions in the Bible about deacons? You know, like how they should go about being selected or how long they should serve? The Bible just doesn't say much about deacons and, and uh, anything on that subject. When I was growing up, most churches of Christ that I was experienced with um, treated the role of deacon sort of as a lifetime appointment. In my experience, that resulted in several unwanted consequences. First of all, if a deacon ever needed to step down, it seemed to cause a lot of people in the church to wonder what big sin he must have committed to have to step down. And there were some men that the church thought would be uh, appropriate for that job as a deacon who turned out to not really be very effective in, in the assignment they had. But, you know, once they'd been appointed, it was kind of hard to unappoint them. Another problem was that churches often ended up with at least a few deacons who were kind of deacons in name only and didn't really have anything to do. Sixteen years ago, when our elders hired me to service the involvement ministry here, they asked me to implement a new way of doing our deacons. Some Churches appoint every man who's qualified to serve as a deacon, and then after they're appointed, they figure out something for them to do. As we've already said, that sometimes makes for a bunch of frustrated, underused deacons. Your elders decided that they wanted to do something and do the deacon thing in a different way. They wanted to look out and see which men were qualified to be deacons, and then figure out what jobs were open that a deacon needed to do, and only select men to be deacons who had a job to do. And that's the way we've been doing it for the past 16 years. At the end of that time, then, they could, uh, uh, well, let me back up. They asked them only also to serve for two years. And then at the end of those two years, they could serve for another two years, or they could step down. It would be an easy process. You know, there's a lot of good reasons that a deacon may choose to step down. His 
job responsibilities may have changed. Maybe his workload is a lot heavier. His family responsibilities might have changed. Maybe he's got a bunch more kids now, or, or maybe you know, there's something going on in the family that requires him to not be a deacon for a while. Or, or maybe his health is not as great as it used to be. The deacon may realize that he's not a good fit for the job that he was given. That has happened in the past. And that's not a bad thing. I've seen some men step down from being a deacon because they realized they weren't a good fit for the job that they were given. And then a few years later, be appointed as a deacon in another role and do really great in that role. So that's not an uncommon thing either. This way of doing things has proven to be very, very healthy here at Northside. I think men are more willing to agree to serve as a deacon when they know they're not agreeing to a lifetime of of, uh, doing that job. And you know, deacons are not the only people expected to serve. God wants all of us to serve one another. And it's true that there's not much said in the New Testament about deacons, but God makes it clear that he does want us to appoint deacons. And so that's what we're going to be doing here today. First of all, we would like to recognize a couple of deacons who have served faithfully for many years, but have decided that now it's time for them to step down. Jerry Clothier has served this church as a deacon since 1982. My goodness, that's 38 years. And for the last 34 of those years, he and his wife Hazel have run our church library. Jerry and Hazel, I don't know where you are or if you're even here But thank you so much for your many, many years of service, uh, especially in running our church library. There they are. You guys stand up. Would you mind standing up? I I think that applause is well-deserved. Another deacon who's stepping down now is Charles Gardner. Charles has led worship here for many, many years. He's blessed with an amazing voice, and he is so good at bringing us before the throne of God as, as we worship together. Eight years ago, Charles was appointed as a deacon, and uh, he not only schedules the men who lead worship, but also plans things like our fifth Sunday singings, and sometimes we do singing classes. So he's done a great job at doing that. Unfortunately, for the last several months, as you may know, Charles his job at Spiro Aero Systems has uh, had him working seven days a week. I don't think he ever gets a day off. Um, and so he has not been able to be here to lead worship. He's not been able to do uh, what he's been assigned as a deacon. So he's decided that he needs to step down for that reason. We really appreciate Charles and the great job that he's been doing uh, over the, the past many years as a worship leader in the past eight years as a deacon. So thank you, Charles. Next, I would like to recognize the men who are currently serving as deacons who have agreed to serve for at least two more years. Men, as your picture is shown on the screen, please come up to the front and and be seated on the front row. We'll start over there and we'll work our way that way. Dennis Crisco was appointed a couple of years ago to serve as our senior member support deacon. It's a great, uh, great role and and he's uh, doing a good job with that. His wife, uh, Terry, is pictured there with him. Bob Arrow has been uh, uh, handling our facilities management for a long time. He was on staff here at Northside for, I think, about 14 years as our building and maintenance manager. 
and he's pictured there with his wife Rhonda. He retired just about exactly a year ago, uh, and uh, four years ago, though, he was appointed as a deacon over that area in addition to being on staff. So Bob couldn't be here today, but uh, we really appreciate the work that he's uh, been doing. Joe Holmes is our small accounts payable deacon in the area of finance. He's pictured there with his wife, Carol. Tim Cachero is our ushers uh, lead deacon and uh, leads a good men of ushers, our good group of ushers who help our guests especially find seats whenever things are crowded. Not so crowded anymore, but uh, hopefully someday it'll be crowded again. And that's his wife, Stephanie. He could not be with us here today. Drew Lowry agreed a few years ago to be our deacon over Wichita Work Camp. And he and his crew have been doing a great job helping our teens uh, paint the town. And uh, he's pictured there with his wife, Ruth. Sean Litton is our deacon in the finance area over Know Your Bible Bookkeeping. He's been doing that job for, I, I think, since Moses retired. And uh, does a great job, and it's a very important job, keeping track of all the the bills and, and things going on with uh, Know Your Bible. Jesse Neisler uh, was appointed two years ago to be our deacon over landscaping. And boy, he's been doing a great job with his volunteers. He's pictured there with his wife Stephanie and their children. He could not be here today, but uh, I think he's doing a great job. James Pierman is our deacon over Northside Watchers. That's a, a name he came up with. It's basically the volunteers that work with him to patrol our parking lot and our hallways uh, to keep us all safe and keep our cars from being broken into. And we appreciate James and his crew for doing that. Brad Sandlin is our uh, deacon over finance, uh, and he's pictured there with his wife, Cleta. Mike Yulman is our deacon over benevolence. And uh, I think Greg, oh, there's Greg. Greg is here. Um, He's uh, pictured there with his wife, Stacy, and two of their children who are still at home. And uh, uh, Mike is over our benevolence area and does a great job with that. He's got some good volunteers working with him. And our last current deacon is Tony Weber. Uh, he is our head greeter, and you'll see him in the foyer a lot, uh, making our guests feel welcome. And he's got a good group of greeters that work with him. Today, we're also going to be appointing one new deacon. Jeff Garrison has agreed to serve as the deacon coordinating our small groups. Uh, the Garrisons came to Wichita just a year ago to be near family. Uh, Jeff is retired, um, and uh, they have two daughters that I'm sure most of you know. Mary Durham and her husband Richard used to be members here at Northside. Uh, they moved away a, a year or two ago, and uh, also their daughter Leanne Woodard and her husband, Ryan, are current members. The Garrisons have seven grandchildren and one great-grandson. Jeff served as an elder for 15 years, a total of 15 years, at two different churches before he moved here. And unfortunately, Jeff couldn't be here either today, but I know he's with us in spirit, probably watching us online. So uh, we welcome Jeff to our group of deacons. Uh, deacons, would you all please stand at this time? Deacons, your Northside family believes you are all well-respected, you have integrity, you're honest, you're trustworthy, and to your wives, wives, we believe you're also well-respected, you're not slanderers, you're self-controlled, you're faithful. Together as couples, we believe that you guys have been doing 
a good job of managing your household well and raising your children well. And because of that, today we want to entrust to you um, to serve this family as deacons here at Northside. We want to charge you to live out the qualities that Paul described uh, in your lives and with your families. We pray that you'll be good stewards of the ministries you lead and that in a couple of years those ministries will be even more healthy and, and active than they are today. Thank you for being willing to serve and for helping our shepherds to bear the burdens that they bear and making work as our family a better thing. At this time, one of our elders, Brent Clothier, is going to ask God to bless you in your service. Would you pray with me, please? Father, you are an awesome God. We praise your holy name. We thank you for allowing us to approach you, your throne in prayer. You are our creator, our sustainer, and our redeemer. Every breath we take is a gift from your hand. Father, we thank you for the scriptures. May we as a body always walk by faith allowing your scriptures to dictate our choices and direct our lives as we humbly submit to your will. Father, this morning we honor these men who have accepted the responsibility of serving as deacons. We thank you for their willingness to lead these ministries. We thank you for the gifts that each of them possess and for their willingness to use their time and talents to serve the body. Father, we are thankful for the love these men have for you and the respect for your word that is reflected in their lives. Please be with each of them and help them to continue to mature as godly men. Father, we know that taking on the responsibility of leadership is not without its difficulties and sacrifices. We ask your blessings on these men and their wives. Please give these men wisdom to see the next right step to take as they manage their ministries and give them the endurance to see it to completion. Please surround them with people who will encourage them. We ask that you give each of these men success in their ministries, and may they always give you the glory. Father, we ask that you bless these men as effective servant leaders and developers of people so that the next generation of servant leaders are being prepared for the job. Father, please instill in our congregation until Christ's return a commitment to unity and an unfailing love for one another, despite the sin that each of us has in our lives. We pray, Father, that each of us is maturing more each day. Never let us believe that we have grown enough or attained maturity. Let us challenge each other daily to strive for a deeper faith. Father, may the culture at Northside always be one of self-sacrifice and servanthood as we emulate the example of Christ. May we continually be reminded that he humbled himself in service to you by surrendering his life on the cross to pay a price that we owed but could not pay. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Deacons, you may return to sit with your wives and families. Traditionally, on the same day that we appoint deacons, we also honor them and all those others who lead ministries here at Northside uh, with a special catered dinner. Um, it's a, always a lot of fun, and uh, unfortunately, because of COVID protocols and all that, we're not going to be able to do that tonight. Uh, one special part of that dinner every two years is a slideshow that we like to see that just shows every one of them kind of uh, doing their special job, leading their ministries, and 
uh, reminding us of who all those people are. It's a lot of you who are leading different ministries like that. So we can't have our dinner, but we can have our slideshow. And I would like to do that at this time. These are unpaid volunteers that are working hard uh, for the kingdom of God. So let's watch that uh, slideshow at this time. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Changes not thy compassions, they fail not as thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning. Mercies I see, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a morning, we've talked about using your gifts to serve others. I hope that it wasn't just our deacons who were listening to that, but all of you need to be doing that. 1 Peter 4.10 says that each of you should use your gift to serve others, uh, faithfully administering the, the grace that God has given you. We've reminded ourselves of what the Bible teaches about the special role of deacons in the church, and we've appointed 12 men to serve as deacons. 12, that's a Seems like a good Bible number, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I did, that just hit me. Uh, I, I think this lesson was a, one that we always need to, to hear uh, about uh, the important roles of, of different leaders in the church. This lesson was not aimed at convincing you to become a Christian, though. But if you are ready to take that step right now, we always uh, want to give you that opportunity or... Uh, give, you, give you the opportunity to talk with one of our elders and, and share any prayer needs that you might have. A couple of our elders are going to be at the back of the auditorium. 
In just a minute, we're going to sing an invitation song. And if you want to become a Christian, if you would like to talk with one of them and, and uh, uh, get them to pray for you or, or the prayers of the church, I encourage you to go see them in the back as together we stand and sing.